0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this
1: is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Amazon unveiled their cashierless convenience store in Seattle recently. It is something that has been talked about for quite some time now. The store uses cameras, QR codes, and other technology to know what the consumer is buying. It is... A fairly important shift in retail potentially but what does it mean for the future and when will we see more of these stores does this mean a lowering of jobs in the convenience and grocery sector which to a degree has been expected for some time delving into this we uh, welcome in Barbara Kahn professor of marketing here at the Wharton School and Ryan Hamilton who's an associate professor of marketing at Emory University in Atlanta Barbara great to have you back on the show Ryan welcome
0: No, it's great to be here.
1: Barbara, Barbara, you've been talking about this store for quite some time, uh, having seen the beta version of it. Tell the listeners uh, what it truly is like.
0: Well, you know, when I went to see it up in Seattle, I wasn't allowed in because at that time only employees were allowed in. So I could peer from the outside and look in, but I wasn't allowed to step over the doorstep because they were trying to iron out all the details. And I guess everything wasn't looking quite right until now. They, They opened about a year late, I think because the technical aspect of it was really hard. But I think it's consistent with what Amazon's been doing all along and what their real mantra is, is to focus on convenience for the consumer, make things as easy as possible. And so what you can do in the store is you swipe your card when you walk in, you walk around, you buy whatever you want, you put it in your basket, and you walk out. And what most surveys have shown is the biggest pain point in physical shopping is waiting on the line to pay your bills after you've picked up all the items that you want. And so they have eliminated this annoyance from consumers' lives.
1: By the way, Barbara, I can tell you firsthand when I went to the grocery store three days ago, I had to wait in line a longer time than I really wanted to, and I was annoyed. So I'm right there with you. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan what was your, what's your reaction to this store coming online?
2: I mean, it'll be interesting to see going forward. I was talking to my wife about it, and her reaction was the same as, uh, as yours. She said, well, call Amazon and get them to open one here right now. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no question that it's, um, it, it is the least convenient part of uh, of the shopping experience. I, I think that right now what Amazon has is, is kind of you know, more of, of an oddity. I, I think in the convenience source store space, Speeding things up by just a few seconds um, is not going to create that much value for customers um, or, frankly, for retailers. I think this, though, is just a first step. When Amazon able to roll this out to larger kind of grocery stores and other types of, of uh, retail experiences – that's when we're going to start really seeing some change.
1: Do you think there are, in terms of making that shift from basically a convenience store to a grocery store, are there still pieces that you think that they need to need to work on to make it a, a really a seamless move? Uh,
2: well, uh, yeah. Barlow referenced the difficulty of getting the technology to work right. I, it remains to be seen how scalable or how easily scalable uh, it is, and in, in the expenses—do those scale? Proportionately to, or are there kind of economies of scale? There are thousands and thousands of cameras, as I understand it, within the small footprint of a convenience store. What's the expense of scaling something like that, like that up to a Walmart-sized store? Uh, do we start to lose some of those advantages? I'm not sure.
0: Well, I've seen some comments made from Amazon, and they basically said, and you can believe them or not, that they wouldn't do anything that wasn't scalable. So, right. that this, makes is sense. A, this is a first test. Um to see if it's gonna work and to see how people respond to it. But I think they have plans to make it scalable.
1: Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six is the number to give us a call. And for our friends in Seattle, if you are listening to us and you went to the store, <laughs> give us your first hand experience. We'd love to hear from you. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio one eleven or my Twitter account, which is at Danloney twenty one. So Barbara, when you look at at unveiling this store and obviously as i said at the top a lot of people will be thinking okay uh they've got one store out when do we see two three four and beyond what do you think their mindset is on that
0: yeah i don't think they're going to rush to do that so fast because I, i've been writing this book which i'm really it's almost done so i just want to announce that it. it's called the shopping revolution um and it really talks about some of these big changes in in shopping, And I have a really big chapter on Amazon, obviously. And I think Amazon's overall point of view is to focus on the customer and make shopping as easy as possible. And this is just one little step in it, but just a small little step. When you think about, you know, how many – I understand now two-thirds of America is on Amazon Prime. Right. And, and over Christmas, they just, you know, set up – Uh, Alexa in everybody's home. So this is just part of a small piece of collecting data on every single aspect of customer shopping experiences so that Amazon can deliver the most customized, personalized, convenient shopping experience ever. That's what I think they're Big mission is so. This is just a small piece of the overall mission, in, in, and Amazon recognizes it's an omni-channel kind of experience.
1: Right. In in terms of staffing the store, I mean, obviously you don't have people uh, at the checkout line, but I'm guessing you do still have to have a variety of people there to 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 support the store, correct, Barbara?
0: Yeah, I think I saw somewhere that a typical store has something like 15 employees, and this will need 12. So there is a there is a couple. Efficiency, a little bit of efficiency in reducing some labor, but there are still lots of things that people have to do, like stocking the shelves, apparently checking your ID for whether you're of age to buy alcohol. Some of it is making the sandwiches. There's things like that that has to be done by people. So I think the jobs may just shift.
1: Ryan, what do you think this means for, for other chains? And, and let's start with the, the convenience store model, uh, places like 7-Eleven or here in the Philadelphia area, Wawa, which is a, a big one here in the region, and there are lots of those regional type of convenience store chains across the United States.
2: Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not sure the convenience space is where we're likely to see this take off. If we think about this from a problem-solving perspective... Uh, the primary advantage of technology like this, as Barbara mentioned, is that it makes it more convenient to shop. Uh, the primary advantage for the retailer is that it gets to reduce your headcount. Con- the convenience store space and both counts, I think there's smaller marginal benefits. Your total shopping time in a convenience store is already pretty small, and the time at the cash register is kind of a small percentage of that. So, I, I could be wrong. we'll We'll see how this goes, but I would expect where we'll, we'll really start to see things change is in those retail spaces where those benefits are larger. So if you can eliminate you know twenty cashiers instead of just the one, if you can cut ten minutes off the shopping experience instead of thirty seconds, now we're really starting to see benefits to both the customer and the retailer. So I would expect that that's where it's going to make the big splash.
1: And Barbara, as part of that scale up uh, in terms of having those employees around, I think to a degree there's an element still of uh helping the consumer find exactly what they want or unless it's 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 in an online version in terms of a you know an app for the store when we get to the grocery store size, correct?
0: Yeah, I do think they'll still be rolled for people, you know, the social interaction. A lot of people go to the store for that social interaction. They want to talk to people. They want, they want someone to help them find something. Yeah, I think you look at the model in the Amazon bookstores, which they have already rolled out, and there you can find a lot of information about the books. Uh, you know, you, you tag into your Amazon app when you go in the bookstore, and then if you want to find the price of the book, you have to hold your phone up to the book because it's not on the shelf, but you'll see the price on the phone, and you'll find out more information about the book on the phone. So certainly they can do that kind of online uh, directory information if they wanted. But even in that case, in the bookstore, the people that they hire in that bookstore, and I've been in them several times, they come up and they talk to you and they help you and yeah. they try to you know initiate conversation about books, because part of the, of the benefit of this is that social interaction. I don't think they're going to eliminate
2: that. Ryan? Yeah, I mean, you could look at this as as a way of freeing up employees to do better service. Um, It takes a long time and a lot of effort to scan manually all of the individual items to go through. So if you can reduce the the headcount a little bit on the cashier side, but then send some of those employees out into the store to uh, answer questions, point people around – Mm-hmm. It, it's at least possible that you could increase the overall uh, experience that customers are having and improve service.
1: This is Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. We're talking about the opening of the Amazon Go convenience store in Seattle. Joining me, Barbara Kahn, professor of marketing here at the Wharton School, Ryan Hamilton, associate professor of marketing at Emory University in Atlanta. Your comments or questions are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio, B-I-Z Radio 111, or my Twitter account, which is at Dan Loney 21 And again, we invite our listeners in and around the Seattle area. If you have checked this store out, give us a first-hand account of what this store is like and, and what you liked. And maybe if there are things that you did not like, 844-942-7866, or on Twitter, at BizRadio111, or my Twitter account, which is at Dan Loney 21 So, Barbara, the tracking of the items itself is occurring when as people are are picking up the items?
0: Yeah, they can see as you walk around the store. They see what you pick up. They see what you put in your basket. I saw a really cute article by a reporter who said they went in there and tried to shoplift to see if they could steal things without the camera seeing it, and apparently the camera saw everything the person took. But I think what's really interesting, I mean, there's a couple issues here that are that you know come up besides the labor issue, which is one, um, and the convenience, which is another, but there's also the whole data issue. And I've seen yeah. a lot of people talking about these privacy Amazon knows everything you do. But the, and I, what I would imagine is there's generational differences here. You know, some older people um, are a little bit frightened or don't like the idea of Amazon knowing everything they do. But I think our digitally native Gen Zs and millennials are used to that. Um, and, and this is just one more piece in that. I mean, thinking about collecting, when you put Alexa in your house, especially if you put the Echo in there with the photography in it, with the camera in it, You're really telling Alexa everything you're doing in your house. When you're online, they follow everything you do. And now when you go to the stores in the future, perhaps they're going to see everywhere you walk in the store. So that's another big aspect of it, which I'm sure that Amazon and their algorithms and stuff can do something with that data to personalize and customize the shopping experience to make it better for consumers. But there is that privacy issue.
1: But as long, Ryan, as long as Amazon has the trust of the consumer, while that privacy issue is important, if you have that trust, the consumer will feel uh, uh, maybe a little bit of, of comfort and, and not as concerned about it uh, all the time, correct?
2: I mean, that's a big if. Um, you know, you're right. As long as Amazon maintains that trust, it won't be a problem. Um, it, that trust can be lost. Uh, I don't see any particular reason um, that Amazon's in danger of that at the moment. And, you know, the reality is people seem to be adjusting to new technology faster and faster. I I can remember just a few years ago when self-checkout lanes became kind of popular. You were hearing complaints of a different kind from customers who, you know, were complaining they had to do more work. People got used to it. Um, If this is the way retailing is headed, there'll be a transition period, but, you know, um, we'll all adjust and uh, and move on. Eight, four, that's an
1: interesting go ahead,
2: point. Barbara.
0: I should say, I forgot about that self-checkout. That was a technology yeah. that's not nearly as seamless as this new check technology is. I think this dominates that.
1: Although I will say though the self checkout, even though you have to do it yourself, it it still is. It, it's a lot better than the aggravation of getting into a checkout line, as I did the other night, and getting somebody in front of you, and then you get the worker at the cashier a, at the uh, cash register going through every item on the uh, on the printout of what they bought, just to see what the one mistake was in a in a collection of fifty items, and that and that and that's the aggravation, Barbara.
0: Absolutely. That's. The, I mean, like I said, I've seen surveys, and people just hate waiting online. They just hate it.
1: Why do you think it, it is that, I mean, obviously the technology is one part of this, but why do you think it has taken so long for the industry as a whole to realize that fact, that waiting in line for consumers is just not what they want to do?
0: I think it's because retailers seriously have not been focusing on that. So they've been focusing on other things, pushing products, Um, making margins, worrying about discounts, inventory control, operations, all these other kinds of things. And that is what I think Amazon has really revolutionized and disrupted, uh, to use that word, overused word, but I think it's right, the retail experience, because Amazon said, hey, wait a minute, what about the consumer? What about the shopper? And seriously, retailers had not been asking that question. It's a simple question, but people didn't
1: ask it.
2: Ryan? Yeah, I, I mean, we can look at this from a um, kind of a trade-offs perspective. There are retailers that, that focus on this. I think Barbara's right that on average most don't. Um, but I, I live in the, the southeast, and there's a grocery store chain that uh, is down here uh, called Publix, and they have a very high service model. And so anytime there's more than two or three people in line at a, at a grocery store checkout, they will pull people out and open new registers. They're very, very focused on that, on minimizing wait time. And their customers are very loyal. But it's not everybody. Some people are really focused on wanting that lowest price. And so they'll go to these stores where they have to wait longer and will complain about it. But it's ultimately not driving their decisions. And Amazon may be offering these retailers the the chance to reduce or eliminate check out time without making those trade-offs do you
1: do you see the the issue of the consumer who is still going for price compare uh, compared to uh experience do you see that as, as I think a lot of people do as a as a byproduct of the recession and to a degree I think people were kind of conditioned into that uh, over the last decade or so
2: I mean, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing Barbara's take on it, but the research that I'm aware of suggests that, yeah, the recession does change, did change people's behavior and did make people more price conscious. People tend to be slower to bounce back to their previous high spending ways following a major recession like that. So, I mean, we're all conditioned by our environment to, to some extent or another. Barbara?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think there are some lingering effects, and there's always You know, the the segment of people who want the good deal, regardless of whether they have lots of money or not. But there is some evidence that Gen Z coming up, they're younger. They didn't really live through the recession. They don't have the same concerns, so some of that is still lingering with the millennials. But Gen Z are not; they're they're starting to buy luxury more. Even the millennials are starting to buy luxury more. So it's been a couple years now, pretty good economic times. Christmas holiday showed the holiday shopping time showed people were going back to the stores. So I agree there was a lingering effect, but I think. We're starting to get out of it.
1: It is also interesting. We, we, we go back to the Amazon Go store for a second, and you mentioned, Barbara, the fact that this was delayed in terms of the rollout because they were working through things that that Obviously, Amazon saw the end goal, and in, in like, a lot of uh, ventures, you want to make sure that you get things right before you roll it out. The last thing you want to have is to start something, find out four, or five, or six issues that need to be corrected, and then have to go back on it because you lose that relationship with the customer.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like, like Ryan was saying, you know, wait, who knows if we even need this now? There's no way that the consumers would accept it if it wasn't working right. Now I think Amazon does think removing that five minutes of your time will be worth it, but it's not worth it if, if there's bugs. And so they had all the patience in the world. Nobody else was doing it. Everybody's waiting for Amazon to do it. There's it, no rush for them. Was they, it? Was they it the time to get it right?
1: Was it a surprise to you that we didn't see somebody trying to to really invest in this type of a model uh, while well, Amazon sure was doing
0: it? People aren't investing. Walmart is already okay. investing it. Okay. So Walmart's hot on the the tail of uh, Amazon, which is a very exciting thing to watch because when you see two very, very accomplished retailers who have really different strengths go out as aggressively and compete, you know, the one who wins is the consumer, hopefully.
1: Is there an area, Ryan, when you look at at this space, and obviously this is still developing with what Amazon has put forward and and what we will see with uh, the grocery uh, chains coming up in in the years to come. But are are, are there things that you as a consumer and as uh, somebody that is working at a university and teaching that you see that are still areas that companies like Amazon or other ones can really look at and try and improve on to make the experience even better?
2: well, my advice to anybody who's who's looking to improve that um, the mistake that that firms make is to focus too much on the technology. Um, this is what this is what we can do. Let's go do it. Um, where Amazon's getting this right uh, and other firms that are looking at this is instead looking at the pain points. What are the problems that we can address here? and, well, and they're they're kind of technology agnostic in terms of how to do it. Firms have looked at RFID tags. Uh, Walmart's looking at a technology now with uh, scanners that you, hand scanners that you bring around through the store yourself and kind of check out as you shop. It, it shouldn't matter what the technology is so long as it's solving that problem for the customer. So th- that would always be my advice. Barbara?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it is about eliminating the pain and bringing the pleasure. One other thing that I think is interesting about these stores and those. Pe- of your listeners, who's either seen the one in Seattle or seen the bookstores, is although they're very convenient and they're very efficient, they're no Italy, you know, they're no Sephora. It's <laughs> not like, it's not fun, it's not exciting. So it's efficient. And that's the way Amazon seems to be. Let's just get shopping done with. And I'm a person who believes shopping should be fun, too. So I think there's other things. That's not that other. There's places for other retailers to excel and to do some really cool things. Um, Amazon is really focusing on this frictionless convenience niche um, and making things as easy for you as possible. And with the product being good enough and the price being great, um, they're going to get a lot of people. But there are other things to shopping that I think they're
1: missing. Mike.
0: Well, like the fun, like where's the sampling where's you know like when you go to Italy you feel like you're in Italy you know you're seeing all sorts of cool things there's a cooking school there's all this other stuff I mean we'll see what they do when they roll out Whole Foods because Whole Foods had a lot of that Mm. and it'll be interesting to see as Amazon gets um, more and more involved in Whole Foods how that changes their first instinct was to lower prices, which is not a bad thing, uh, but also to bring in more store brands, more the Amazon 365, I mean, the Whole Foods 365 brand, and Amazon had their own private label. And so they were focusing, again, on convenience, on low price, but what people loved about Whole Foods wasn't that, you know, the loyal Whole Foods people loved the shopping experience.
2: Eight
1: four, Go ahead, Ryan.
2: Oh, I, just, I, I think that's so important. I mean, if we look at this from a branding perspective, It'll be really interesting to see um, what this does to Amazon, the recent moves that they've made. Historically, they were positioned around low price. That was how they started. And I think Barbara's characterization is is 100% accurate, that they've moved over time to a more convenience-centered model. And you may ask, you know, is that in conflict with a low-price image model in the minds of consumers? Can consumers wrap their heads around this being both very convenient and super low-priced? And maybe... Mm -hmm. But acquiring Whole Foods, you know, really focusing on high tech efficiencies, it may be that consumers start to see them as less of a low price solution, even if objectively their prices don't go up or don't go up much. But so
0: actually, see. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't, okay. I think that they've always been convenience oriented, and they leverage that to bring in and to force the low price, and those two things go together really, really well. Um, and I, I do think that's part of Amazon. And I, I, what I. What I wonder about is if it's going to kill the, you know, the fun of Whole Foods to have Amazon, the convenient, low-priced people in there doing their stuff.
1: Well, and, and, that's, and that's the reaction that, that you want to find out, Barbara, from the people who have been the diehard Whole Foods uh, customers o- over the last several years because they have an expectation of one thing, and it may very well be something totally different coming up in the future.
0: Yeah, so that it remains to be seen how Amazon deals with that and what they do. Because, like I said, if you go in these Amazon stores, the bookstore, or what I could peer in through on the food store, they're very nice stores, but they're not wonderful stores. You know, they're just, yeah, you get your lunch, you get your books, that's it. You know, that that's what's going on.
1: I guess the other question to ask, Barbara, is obviously this is a location that is in uh, in downtown Seattle, correct? Mm-hmm. so i I mean I wonder if there's an element of that that will play in for the consumer as well i mean obviously we when you look at bigger cities uh uh, here in Philadelphia, there aren't a ton of grocery stores in the downtown area, and it makes you wonder if that Whole Foods Three Sixty Five model we will see cr- uh, creep out even more and give people the option to be able to have that at their fingertips, either while they're out on a weekend, while they're out at business, uh, you know, during the week, and then be able to multiply that with the with the re- remaining grocery store chains.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, that is a general trend. Target, as you know, they're opening up all the inner city small footprint stores just for that point. So the targets in the inner cities are, or in the urban centers are kind of replacing the tired old convenience store model yeah. um, with, a, with a much better product, I think. Um, but it is much more convenient. You're actually right. In Philly, there's hardly any grocery stores, yeah. and it would be great to have them around.
1: Ryan?
2: Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the the areas where convenience is key, you know, uh, and, and talking about shopping uh, for groceries in large uh, urban centers, I, I think that's going to be a, a major point for them to, to move forward and, and get some real advantages.
1: Great having you both with us today. Barbara, thank you. Ryan, thank you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank it's you fun. both.
2: For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.